Latinos Out Loud podcast. Where we interview someone amazing. Amazing. That's what this show is. We bring people who are amazing, they talk about their stuff, you get inspired, and that's how it works. Okay? So let's continue with this party. Now, she's been a friend of the show for like three years now. We've been just promoting her and talking about her on the sidelines and watching her grow. So please put your hands together for award-winning Los Angeles-based writer and director, Natalie Rodriguez. <laughs> Thank you for having me. <laughs> it's so exciting because we connected on Instagram about three years ago, right? Yes. And you had another project that you were pushing, that you were promoting, that you were proud of. Mm -hmm. And we shared some links to our, our listeners. But now, like, my oh my, have mm. we grown. Yeah, Let's, let's talk about it. Natalie, I kind of didn't do your title justice. I called you an L.A.-based writer and director. What does that mean? Tell our mm. listeners what you do. <laughs> what what have you done? Add some color to that, please. No, that was actually spot on. Uh, I can finally say I'm officially Los Angeles-based. I was, like, nice. living in Glendora, a little closer towards, like, the Pomona area. So it's nice to be, like, like finally, like, a legit L.A.-based Um but no, that was pretty spot on. Um, I, you know, writer, director, uh, advocate, you know, I love anything that deals with uh, any social issues like mental health, wellness, um, especially right now. Diversity is huge in TV films. So, of course, like we see in the news, that's something I'm always keeping an eye on because, you know, it's good to see other like female directors or even female cinematographers, more female writers um, or just like more Latinos, like both in front, in front of the camera uh, or behind the camera, excuse me. So. I, you know, fortunately connected with a lot of peers over the past few years who are advocating themselves for like any social issue topic right now, which I think is important, especially these days. Yeah, I really appreciate when content, we get a film, mm -hmm. TV, web series, like it entertains us, but it also informs and educates and there's an underlying message that, you know, comes through shining. So talk to us about some of those social issues that you address in your work. And then I want to hear about your current projects, please. Yeah, definitely. Um, well, first of all, yeah, like three years ago, I think you and I had connected. It was through um, my first feature film I directed. It was called The Extraordinary Ordinary. Um, you know, like many independent feature film artists, you know, I started that social media page for this particular feature, like in 2016. So about like two and a half years to three years before actually production started. And that was, you know, while I was writing the script. And as I was writing the script, ironically, I was also getting connected with a lot of like mental health organizations and a lot of like organizations that were either advocating for diversity, you know, a lot of Latino, Latina, um, create creative content creators. And that kind of almost like had an impact on my script. That's why I think I started focusing more on, you know, I have to talk about like, you know, wellness, you know, recovery and the story in particular. And that was the first time I think seeing like social issue being pushed on social media and ironically writing like earlier draft scripts of the extraordinary ordinary. And that's kind of, why I think, you know, going to production, why I was like, no, like, let's not sugarcoat, you know, kind of the realities that many people can connect with, you know, both primary or secondary, you know, recovery, uh, mental health, you know, condition, or, 
even if they're individuals that just don't want to talk about it or they don't know what it is and they're learning what it is. So that definitely has been like a very, you know, powerful, you know, great experience. And, you know, it's definitely, you know, not what I expected, but it's always like better than like what I think the person originally like expects going into any project. And yeah, it's still surreal. It came out, the Extraordinary Ordinary came out last summer. So we haven't hit that one year anniversary yet. I'm actually, you know, kind of prepping like mentally for that one year anniversary. I'm like debating on like what to do, um, you know, for my personal, you know, mental health or even um, for social media or, you know, getting the cast and crew together and doing some type of like video. So it's very surreal still, um, but it's very neat because, yeah, I think when I connected with you guys, it was right when the Instagram was like a few pictures in, you know, no cast, no crew attached, um, using a lot of like kind of quotes that I found inspiring and posting and sharing those on all the social pages. So it's very like bizarre, kind of like looking back, you're like, oh, wow. Like, yeah, you know, projects do take time. I mean, they really do. It's about timing. I mean, you promote, I mean, I think any art project, anything from, you know, film, TV, I think even podcasts, books. Yeah. You're like, I was, you know, dreaming about this, you know, for years and years. And, you know, people kind of see more like, of course, the first, you know, kind of like physical, like element of the project, you know, whether it's poster, um, cast or crew announcement. So definitely, definitely, you know, very, um, very, you know, like happy with the results and, you know, definitely to recommend, you know, check out the film. It's yeah. Now on Amazon prime to be YouTube movies and Google play. And you can also find us on uh, social. It's the extra Ord film. So all the streaming links are there and definitely check it out. Um, if you're looking for a new indie film to watch. Natalie, on this topic specifically, um, you know, I recently was uh, involved in a project that deals with mental health. Mm -hmm. And I I went, they they recently had a mental health kind of conference. It was specifically mental. um, I think it dealt with, uh, yeah, how to write Mm -hmm. characters uh, for specifically mental health characters. I was wondering what what really, um, what like, uh, you know, jumped out at you, like doing research and really how to write like mental health characters in a way that's respectful, but also, you know, you're trying to, you're trying to write a story. Yeah. No, that's a great question. I think for me, I kind of always went back to, I think always seen like a one-sided version um, in these types of stories. I was always seeing like these one-sided elements to the characters of the story itself. So a lot of times I always felt seeing like media that portrayed a individual that was struggling with the mental health disorder themselves, or even like a secondary character that was like a parent trying to figure out how to help their kid who's dealing with a mental health disorder. We always, I felt like there's too many films or um, even TV shows that shows, well, that person's like doomed. They're screwed up in the head. They're quote unquote crazy, right? You know, um, because they have anxiety, you know, they can't pursue their goals or dreams or uh, they're always categorized as, you know, they're not normal people. So I think seeing that over the past few years, um, I definitely always got like kind of drove that anger. I was like, well, wait a minute, like, you know, everyone's experienced like anxiety or some type of level, you know, of sadness or grief. And, you know, it's just because somebody knows having a harder time with that, you know, they're still able to function. So it always kind of came to that. I think those type of like, I think just, I don't want to say naive, but, you know, those kind of like comments, you know, about stigmatizing, you know, the individual with the mental health disorder or family members, loved ones in general, that individual. And it's like, no, I mean, that person's still functional, you know, just, you know, some days they're going to have it maybe a little harder than others. And, um, you know, of course, you know, there's, there's wonderful things like, you know, these mental health nonprofit groups or events that are like normalizing it. And I think today, 
um, versus, you know, of course, like five years ago, now we're seeing like, you know, companies talking about having like a wellness coach or some type of like mental health program, part of their uh, work environment, which I very happy to see and very, you know, I would have never thought in a million years I would see that personally. So I think in terms of like doing the research, it was always like watching films and always trying to find those films overall that talked about, you know, individuals that are still, you know, they can still have a normal life, you know, they can still, mm-hmm. you know, go work out, go eat, hang out with their friends and so forth, even though they have a mental health condition. So it's definitely, you know, I think finding films like that. And of course, independent features in general, I you know, love independent films. It's, I think we get like the stories that are just like heartwarming and just so powerful when it comes to like stories on mental health and recovery. And those are the ones that definitely like inspired me. Um, films like Short Term 12, The Spectacular Now, even going way back to like Sunday, I think it was pre-Sundance Day, um, Robert Redford directed a film called Ordinary People. And that was like, I think mm, in the 70s. Yeah, yeah 70s yeah. or 80s. No, I think early eighties. Early eighties. I think didn't it beat didn't that beat out Raging Bull or something? I think it it, it was controversially yeah. like it, it beat did. out like a yeah. film that Yes. Um, it did. And yeah. I'm a fan of ordinary people, love both, but yeah. I think ordinary people that was like I think to me at least, like that's the first film that actually like talked like head on, like about mm-hmm. mental health, suicide awareness. And I just was like, I you know, I think it's not ironic that Robert Redford directed that because now of course he has Sundance, you know, the founder of that. So it makes sense. Like a lot of these films that are coming out from Sundance until today, they are dealing with a lot of like social issues, such as mental health and recovery. Um, so definitely, you know, I still go to like, you know, kind of those old roots. I rewatched my favorite films, like Ordinary People, Short Term 12, A Spectacular Now, and always turn to those and like try to remind myself, you know, there's films out there. They do show like there's hope, there's, you know, life after, you know, trauma recovery for individuals and even if they're fictionalized characters, I think what makes them real is, you know, whether we see a public figure we recognize or a newcomer unknown. Uh, For me, I think independent films, they just know how to, I feel a lot of them know how to like capture and it feels like you're not watching a story. It feels like you're almost watching like a documentary about, um, you know, life of this character or characters. And at least for me, you want to know you know, what happens or you want to see them like kind of conquer that reality, which is usually like, Hey, no, you can have life after something traumatic that happens. Or, you know, if there's people in your life who don't support you, you know, you will like encounter people that will see you as you, not as someone who's like gone through like this or that. So definitely those three films, I recommend anyone to check out. I just think they're well acted, well, you know, storytelling and just beautifully shot. I mean, those are films I'm like, I till this day, like, I just always give credit to, especially with making my first feature. Yeah. Let's talk about your second directorial feature film, Howard Original. Congrats. Thank you. Thank you so much. Very exciting. And that is also streaming on Amazon Prime and all the other outlets you mentioned before. Google Google Play. So tell us about Howard Original. Oh, no. Thank you so much. Um, Yeah, literally was just released on Friday. So I'm still like, you know, processing um kind of like with extraordinary ordinary a uh, smaller film you know not a big studio behind us um you know so we usually the producers are doing like all the marketing and promotional and i'm still in the midst of that actually but super i mean again like extraordinary ordinary howard original started off as like a experimental short film with my colleague uh, my colleague's name kevin michaels he's actually the the star howard in the film in short and we filmed the short like 2017. It was just like a start off as a joke. And as one of those, if this is horrible, it sucks. Um, well, we'll just never look at it again. And 
Uh, the short actually did um, pretty well in the festival circuit. And we we're just, me and Kevin were kind of always like, wait, this did, this is doing well. Like, wait, this was kind of made as a joke. Like we literally <laughs> were just like, we gorilla shot all over Studio City. Um, oh. You know, like things they tied to, to not to do. Indie filmmakers we did were like, no, we'll just do this. Because that was kind of like how the short was filmed. And that's kind of how the feature was filmed too. It was like, well, let's like try, you know, new things like with even directing i was like well ironically it's um because it's a comedy satire so if you like dark comedies i think you'll love this one it's also films in a very uh, major adult comedy film so usually if st- stuff i've done in the past has been a little more uh children family like tweens young adult friendly but nothing like 18 and over um it is very satire it does uh, it does comment a lot on a lot of themes in the entertainment industry whether it's sexism ageism racism uh, racism or just you know screenwriters you know getting that first big deal at the studio so definitely um we had a blast filming it and it's kind of funny because you know i think that's kind of like the best project to come out of you're like well we kind of just went in you know thinking let's just try this and if it fails you know we'll just never talk about it (laughs) so kind of (laughs) the short in the feature that's how it kind of was just uh, me and kevin um who plays howard in the film we're just like yeah let's just give it a go like you know let's just shoot this and yeah, you know, what's the worst case? You know, we just don't show it. So that was kind of always like the mentality. Yeah. yeah. So definitely, um, you know, very proud of it. Um, still kind of like with the other one, still processing, still surreal, because I think sometimes um, I get caught up in like more of the PR promotional side of it. And um, this was like the first time this weekend where I actually like touched my computer necessarily. I didn't really like go too insane on like phone with like, oh, that I get back to this person. It was trying to like celebrate a little more. So I did some celebration this weekend um, with some friends, some nice. colleagues. Yeah. Wow. I I love the extensions mm-hmm. that you're talking about, the promotions and marketing. As yes. I look at your merch, your merch website for yes. Howard original, check this mm. out guys. There's a t-shirt on here for sale. It says you are not alone when you drink with your cat. Yes. Wow. <laughs> it's very oh, true. Wow. It's very That's true. Perfect. I it love that. True. <laughs> No, see, I'm a, I'm a, uh, a mother to a nine-year-old cat. So actually, I had Kevin. He actually designed that shirt. I was like, can you make things, like a funny meme? And he sent that to me. And I was like, how'd you know? I was like, most people, like, I know, like, all my friends who are, like, cat moms, cat dads, they drink wine with their cats. So I think that's pretty spot on. <laughs> I know a lot of people like that. Yeah. <laughs> I used to be a cat brother. I used to be a oh, cat nice. brother. used to be? I had cats when I was mm-hmm. younger. Yeah. Nice. Um, so I, you know, it's like, you have that thing with like people that don't like cats really don't Mm -hmm. like them and you have to defend cats because he's like, I've been in, when you, if you haven't owned the cat, you don't know that they do have a sweet side, right? Everybody always thinks cats are just in a bad mood and always, but yeah, yeah, I'm like, no, my cat would like, 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 you know, be happy when I got home, you know, they only think dogs do that. Yeah. (laughs) Cats can be like, like, don't get me started. (laughs) I don't, I'm allergic to cats, but I will say just in today, my bodega got a new kitten. So I fell in love. I fell in love. I couldn't let go of the, they got a new bodega cat and me and the baby, my, my uh, youngest son, we were just all over that kitten today. It was worth all the sneezing and wheezing. Yeah. I know that's, I feel bad because a lot of, people i know they're allergic to cats it's such a bad it's <laughs> it yeah. is but you do it's so ugly we get so ugly cat oh. at people who are allergic to cats oh my god don't don't take pictures of me after a cat <laughs> do you get like the red, eyes, eyes. the red like cry eyes i used to get that bad uh, <laughs> the cry uh, eyes the red cry nose yes even. 
Then, then the wheezing lasts oh, for no. hours. Oh, I sound man. like, you know, just like a, a, a freaking, I don't know, an, an asthma, like asthmatic. Oh, this, no. is the, this is what cat owners have to deal with. Like dog owner, there's we like, do. There, I never really hear like, I'm allergic to dogs, so I can't go mm-hmm. to your house. But when I had a cat, everybody was just like, I can't go to your house. It's, yeah. It's, the, why you know, is it so wow. different? Like, it's not only I can't go to your house, it's like, I can't stand next to you if you pet your cat. Yeah. Like, wow. no, I will, like that. Yeah. I'll go to the hospital if I'm even. <laughs> In, if even if your cat is locked in the room, I, I, I'll yeah, still. Yeah, a lot of people like that too. <laughs> Do me a favor. We're not sexual in any type of way, but if you're gonna hang out with me, don't wear clothes because I can't have the dander from your shirt anywhere near yeah. me. Damn. Okay? What's up, Eloeros? We are back. Um, you know, as you know, if you've been listening, uh, one of our sponsors recently has been Bud Light Chalada. Mm-hmm. We've been showing them a lot of That's love right. because we love the drink. Um, but I think now we want to talk about how we're going to incorporate balacheladas into our summer rituals mm. that we do every summer, right? Yes. So and let me start. One of my summer rituals is going to the park. I get my beach chair. Um, you know, I bring it downstairs, bring it to the park. So cute. And I drink my balacheladas. Like I'm, 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 I'm pretending like I'm on the beach, even though I'm in a park in the middle of Washington Heights. I. Um, <laughs> But I'm relaxing. Sometimes I have a book. And, you know, this summer I'm just going to be chilling with my extra lime, but like chalada, if that's the flavor I'm going to choose. And and just, you know, enjoy the summer. That That's 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 going to be me. That's how I'm going to blend my chalada with my All ritual. Right. I want to hear what you guys are going to do. Rachel. Yo, Jamie, you really know how to chill. I love it. Anyway, you took me to a great wavelength with what you do in the park because I can envision it. And I'm going to be chilling the same way, but with my greenery in my garden okay because oh. i love okay. to garden i you don't understand i what were you guys thinking uh <laughs> i i've inherited this i mean look look at my thumbs you guys can't see this but look at my thumbs they're green you have they're green they're thank they're green. you for noticing and that's not like a callus or anything that's really like green thumbs i inherited them from my mom she taught me how to cultivate the earth and i'm growing so many fun things in my little yard here in the city just trying to keep it green yo you know what i'm saying mm-hmm. and there's nothing more that i love and that i look forward to than blending a libation while gardening while out there under the sun so this summer i'm gonna be blending the bud like chalada most likely the original the lime the mango and the fuego all four of them i can't choose but anyway i'm gonna be blending all of them while i garden and cultivate the earth this verano i'm so excited wow that's amazing what about you, Frank? Frank, what's your ritual? Guys, you know... I'm already guessing it has to do with your roof. There you go, guys. I don't change it. You know, this year I'm changing a little bit. I'm, I'm getting a little pool. I'm going to put my feet in there so I don't burn my feet with the tar. Oh, Ooh, like a Mr. Turtle pool? Or like yes. an inflatable pool? Or yes. how's that going to work? Or like a yes. bucket? What do you... Yes, yeah, like a little bucket, you know, just so I can put my feet in, you know? <laughs> okay, so it's a bucket. That's not a pool, but yeah, okay. I'm just tired of getting my feet burned on the tar. <laughs> But guys, I'm really into the Bud Light Chalada Mango. I Listen to this. I mix it now. I get a real mango, and I cut it up, and I chop it up. I put the Chalada in there with some ice, and woo, fancy. so good. You fancy. Oh, yeah. So you know Frank is taking this seriously because he's making his own recipes now. I mean, come <laughs> on. I mean, since the first time I've tried the Bud Light Chalada, things haven't been the same in the heights. 
So this wow. year, I'm taking the budget like Chalala Mango up to the roof of me, overlooking the heights, baby. Ooh-wee, this summer's gonna be real. Yo, Frank, I just wanna tell you, we women love fresh fruit. I just wanna tell you that. We love <laughs> fresh fruit in a drink. So excellent choice. <laughs> and LOLs, if you don't know, about Bud Light Chalada if you haven't been listening to our last couple you know last few episodes it is the perfect blend of beer with clamato spices a hint of lime and 4.2% alcohol because we all want to get nice we want to get a little nice yeah you know a little buzz a little buzz um, and it, you know it's available in four flavors so you have options you have the original extra lime mango and fuego mm. Is there anything else that we can mention uh, about Bud Light Chalada, Rachel? Well, I think it's the perfect thing to bring with you in a cooler, on some ice, to any celebration. You know there's going to be so many things to celebrate this summer. Now that the world is open again, I everything's Ooh. happening this summer. Quinceañeras, <laughs> the weddings, the bar mitzvahs, I'm going to all of them with my Bud Light Chaladas in the cooler. So bring it with you to all the birthdays, all the cookouts. And yo, don't forget... Bud Light Chalada, refresh the celebration. Let's do it. Yeah. Anyway, let's talk more about the film. I was going to say we actually, no, it's funny because um, the whole idea of the cat for Howard, so kind of, it's a nice like snowball. So we actually found a stray cat while filming the Howard original short a few years ago because originally the story was just about this narcissist, um, depressed, lonely screenwriter who thinks he knows everything, right? It's like, if someone said your script sucks, he's like, no, that studio head doesn't know what he's talking about. Um, so Howard's that guy that will like cut ties with you. If you're like, Hey, I want to give you notes. He's like, no, you're wrong. (laughs) That was the premise of the short. It was just showing the day-to-day life of a screenwriter in Los Angeles. And while I was like in between breaks with Kevin, we filmed at like Kevin's old apartment. He was like cleaning his house. I found this cat just walking towards his front door and the cat went inside and I'm like, does that cat just like walk in all the time? He's like, yeah, it's straight. And we just started filming with the cat. So that's how, you know, we got um, Howard, you know, literally saves a cat. Um, Howard saves a cat damn. in both films. Saves a cat. <laughs> literally wow. saves a cat. Screwed out in terms. That's yeah. weird. Wow. So cats are a big thing for Howard. Um, and it was funny because speaking of allergic reactions, uh, the night before um, production day one, I actually started breaking out in hives on my face from this cat. Oh, God. And oh, snap. turning red oh, snap. never happens. Um, I have, a, you know, I've had a cat for nine years. And I remember everyone's like, do you want to like go to the ER hospital? And I was like, if I start wheezing, yes. But only thing was I just was like bright red, like on my arm, my forearms, my face. And I was just itchy, but like no wheezing. It was very bizarre. And then like the next day, um, first scene we filmed was with Kevin who plays Howard and you know his cat he's like playing with the cat and like you know trying to brush the cat's teeth and this cat was just like on one he, like was hissing he like bit Kevin he bit like I think Kevin like on the chin too and there's like there's like four takes like it took before like you know we got the cat to like stand still in the shot so <laughs> it's interesting I was like wow I was like you know this was like I don't know if this is a good or bad sign but I'm like we're just gonna keep filming because <laughs> I'm like we need to have this cat in the film. Like literally, I was like, it's so funny. Like the screenwriter saves the cat. And um, that's great. Uh, there's like a book that says saves the cat. If you want a character uh, like uh, <laughs> in a yeah. movie. Oh, yeah. Man. Is Howard based on like people that you've met um, in your time mm-hmm. working in L.A.? You know, I know you've worked in, in production mm-hmm. uh, 
companies and stuff like that. But um, is it is it an amalgam to use an SAT word? Of Very good. Different people you've met. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Um, is it is yeah? Is it ba- you know not based on anyone specifically or? But, I would say you know. so. <laughs> okay. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. That kind of like you know the screenwriter. That I thinks- think it would say especially Howard. He's based on a lot of. Um, I think with the feature film version, because I love Howard, a character, but like we do make him like a lot, you know, we go there more. I think the short was like, I like was kind of like a precursor. Um, I think Howard is more based on like Kevin and I, it was kind of like, oh, we're like the writers. We write something, want to like get the script shot and made, or we get that first bad, you know, rejection letter or festival, you know, notes. And, you know, it's like, I think Howard, the short was more about like, it was kind of like a learning process for me. Kevin was like, well, this is kind of the writer learning how to take feedback, right? I don't take it personal. The feature, I mean, it was literally like me and Kevin swapping stories. Like, oh, I had this former boss, you know, he hated, you know, women. He hated, you know, these type of um, ethnic groups. He hates these subjects. So Howard, the feature, um, yeah, Howard in the feature film, he's like a series of like people that were once a part of like Kevin's life. Um, You know, yeah, I guess it's like a lot of, S word people um, in the industry, mm. but I, it's actually been doing, um, I think kind of going there and like talking about those unfortunate circumstances. We were personally scared um, as a co-creator of Howard because we're like, oh my gosh, like, is this kind of too spot on? Like what if like it hits too close to home? But so far, you know, fingers crossed, we've been getting like good responses with that. And people that have pointed out, yeah, Kevin or not Kevin, <laughs> Howard, you know, Kevin who plays Howard's like being, like a real narcissist, but we see how he gets into these types of situations. Like that was like the best feedback I could get. Cause I just felt like, well, no, that's kind of like the reality of the industry. You know, I've met, you know, a lot of colleagues, friends over the years, like anyone else who's um, in entertainment industry um, people, you know, do change. They do the 180 on you, sadly, in a lot of situations. Um, one day they're your friend, the next are like bad mouthing you or one day, you know, mm-hmm. They're going to help you. And then they go MIA. So it's like Howard, the feature, it's definitely like, just, I think it was almost like, it felt like a weird kind of like therapy session, me and Kevin, like coming together, like, okay, so let's just like talk about situations we've gone through. Um, Let's see if it kind of fits with the situation with Howard. Let's see if we can do like a scene or scenes, like talking about this kind of experience we've gone through. So um, it's kind of those unfortunate experience, but I think the fortunate part with talking about those, I think those like kind of ongoing themes or just like a lot of stuff we hear about in the industry in general. Uh, the fortunate part is I think people being more aware now. Um, and at least for me, speaking for myself, I think even like a year ago, I was, I think going in thinking like, oh no, like friends can't turn on you or colleagues can't. But then like today you're like, oh no, like p- people can. And yeah. 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 <laughs> Literally the cat. <laughs> well, the cats. <laughs> Literally the cats. So the cats yeah. and figurative yeah. speech too. <laughs> The claws come out. They yeah. do, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Natalie, I had a question. Was it hard to turn the short into a feature? Oh, yes. <laughs> very, very difficult. Oh. Yeah. I think it was difficult. And there was two of us, too. So, like, I think unlike the first feature, Howard, I was like, oh, it'll be easier because, you know, it's like two minds, and you know, together. Um, but like any, I think, a smaller feature film, um, you know, you have things that happen, you know, uh, cast or crew have to reschedule, locations you know, your time gets cut back by an hour or two. So you're mm. always like, you're kind of always improvising, like what like actors do. I feel like behind the scenes, they're improvising too. Like there's days you're like, well, this is supposed to be filmed indoors. Well, 
great. I guess we have a patio now, you know, it's all we have access to. So it's outdoors now. Mm. Um, so it, it could be difficult, but flexibility, right? Yeah. But that's definitely the reality. <laughs> I feel that's kind of like the cool part with making indies. It's, I think it's like, you just have to trust, you know, your team. And I'm always big on set. Like, Hey, if you don't see me freaking out, like, I don't want you to freak out. Um, you know, <laughs> If you don't think I'm freaking out, I'm like trying to internalize it. Like, okay, don't freak out like in front of everyone. So <laughs> it's rewarding. I have to say it's rewarding though, as difficult as it is. And also just creatively um, was the the short kind of like, it had its own three acts. Mm-hmm. Was Is the movie version, the three acts of the short expanded or what, did you have to mm-hmm. create two more acts? So we actually, we ended up going by chapters. I believe there's six chapters. So the short- okay. I kind of feels more like it was more like prologue, your three acts and an epilogue. Okay. Um, but the feature was more like chapter acts, like um, which we actually did by accidental. Uh, I kind of felt like uh, having those, like, especially the feature, having those chapter acts, it made sense. I think especially like with kind of like a lot of like wacky and kind of almost like bizarre situations we see on Howard and the, a lot of the supporting characters go through. And that was kind of, yeah, the acts were accidental. I was, there's no intention until I, actually was editing the short film version. I was kind of messing around in post-production. I'm like, let me see how it looks adding in like, you know, a chapter mark instead of going like black screen, white screen, and then jumping to like the next scene. So again, like it's happy accidents. Hey, mm. happy accidents always yes. happen all the time. <laughs> the best. Yeah, they are. Yeah. Um, hey, I want to just take it. I want to go rewind a little mm-hmm. bit. We've been talking about the current state of your projects mm-hmm. and, uh, you know, uh, I, I just want to talk about your career trajectory because oftentimes, as you know, as a listener of this show, yeah. we like to empower and inspire and let people know that there are so many different career paths and mm-hmm. where there is underrepresentation and where there is a need for more yeah. of us Latinxers to be. Yeah. and to fill those voids. So can you share with us, like, what led you to this point, Natalie? Did you, at what point did you wake up and say, I'm going to be an indie filmmaker. This is going to mm-hmm. be my life. I'm going to put my blood, sweat, and tears into this. Mm-hmm. So tell us how that transpired. Oh, yeah, of course. That's a great question. Um, I think you're the first to ask me that, too. Um, <laughs> oh, I love yeah. that. Thanks. That just tickles my oh, fancy. Yeah. Thanks. Because I'm yeah. like, ooh, I'm like, I don't ever been asked that. But to be honest, I'm like, this sounds so cliche. Um, one of those S people I worked with prior to making the first feature film, um, they were actually a former mentor of mine. I, they knew about me, like, um, trying to make like shorts, like Howard or the extraordinary ordinary to like the longer formats about like two months before I was about to film the extraordinary ordinary in 2018. I was like, so excited. Cause I'm like, okay, I have a small budget. I'm gonna go tell my mentor. Like I'm, I was like, he's gonna be so proud of me ran to him and the minute I told him he got quiet and I'm like oh I was like this is where you say congrats he's like you know you're not gonna make money back and that's the stupidest thing you're ever gonna do and I'm like oh. <gasps> I was oh like seriously God. <laughs> yeah dang son <laughs> very cliche um I feel like it's so cliche that happened but sadly it's common um you know I think over time I've realized a lot of people encounter that and to be honest I mean I think that if I wasn't told that I don't think I would have I think push myself creativity wise. Um, mm. I think, you know, like anyone else, when you're told that, hey, that's stupid or, hey, you're going to fail or 
especially they bring up money, you know, if it's like, you're not gonna make that money and you're like, well, I'm not really doing it for the money. You know, like I just have to tell the story and great. If money comes, that's awesome. If not, you know, I'm not going to like have a tantrum. I think if I wasn't told that, you know, two months before filming the first feature, I think it's just, you know, I wouldn't be like who I am today, you know, creativity wise. I don't think I would have taken those risks, you know, writing, directing, even producing. Um, I think even something little, um, you know, I was once an introvert. I don't think I would have been like, Hey, I'm going to go like, you know, try to connect to someone and go say hi to them. Never met them, you know, person. Um, that's something I would have never done, you know, three years ago. So I think it's, I mean, it's almost like I had to go through that. I mean, then looking back now, I'm like, you know what? Like, I don't regret that having said to me. I mean, in the moment I was like, you know, I cried when I went home. I was like, oh my God, like, oh, they're right. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, they're right. I'm like, and it's sad too, because I think there's many people um, cause this is when I was like in my mid twenties and I had that told, I think there's a lot of people up and comer, whether they're teenagers, adults, young adults, you know, I think when you have a mentor that's older, we feel, at least for me, I felt my mentor, whatever they said, no, I'm wrong. They're right. Um, but no, I think that situation I realized, you know, if you were like really my mentor, there's a way to say that, you know, you would have been like, Hey, I encourage you to do this, but if you're going to go this yeah. way, I advise you to do that. So ironically yeah I think it was getting told that it was just like no I'm like I have to keep going I'm like because if I stop just because of a comment like that I know I'm gonna regret that I didn't try you know getting up and like you know making the extraordinary ordinary Howard original and that's so cliche to say but you know I think that is like a sad you know I think a lot of situation or situations you know people can say they've gone through and that's what pushed them to for kind of like, you know, give themselves extra push to no, I'm going to mm-hmm. finish mm-hmm. this project until like I see it like on the screen or I get it out of post. So that was definitely the drive and momentum to keep going. Um, and sometimes too, you know, it's always kind of nice to use that. I think, you know, so I get like angry or upset, you know, it's kind of have your moment, but I think it's good to like challenge kind of like that anger and that sadness from comments like that and put it like into your work. So at least for me, the extraordinary, yes, yes. I was like, you know, days I wanted to quit. I was like, Oh my gosh, like I want to quit. I would just like, think of like the comments, you know, that my mentor had made to me. And I was like, you know what? I can't, I have to keep going, but mm-hmm. um, you'd be amazed how many people can say they unfortunately have a similar situation, but I think it's, you know, getting older too. It's just like, no, it's, I think you got to use those kind of comments or sh- situations in general, like as, yeah, kind of like, you know, that fire, like, no, you yeah. gotta like push yourself. Yep. <laughs> yeah, the fuel. Yeah, definitely. Yep, 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 yep. yep. I think that's really well said, and we appreciate you, Natalie. Oh, thank you. We we get really excited here at the podcast <laughs> to talk to like different content creators because, from a bird's eye mm-hmm. view, from our perspective, looking at things like holistically, there mm-hmm. are so many different stories. Yeah. Wonderful stories. Wonderful Latinx stories mm-hmm. of 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 realness that have relatability that are necessary to keep our people moving forward. We're we're just a small speck on the scale of what needs to be done to move our people forward. So we appreciate those content creators, those filmmakers that are taking risks and putting in their all. And like I said earlier, their blood, sweat, and tears to tell the stories that need to be told. So you're a pioneer, okay? And it's really exciting to hear that now you have two feature films under your belt. And we were there for the first, people. (laughs) And we'll be there for the next one, okay? Okay? 
back. Yeah. No, thank you so much. So please let everybody know where they could follow you and how they could see your films. They're everywhere. They're on YouTube. Yes. I mean, you've got a lot of options here. Yes. Um, I'm, I'm big on Instagram more. Um, usually I try to connect everything. Instagram on my website. Um, you can find me on IG. It's Nat Christine Rod. That's Christine with the CH. Um, all lowercase, no numbers. It's Nat Christine Rod. And you'll find the Lincoln bio. I can't believe we're saying that now. Lincoln bio, the website to all the rental purchase links for um, Howard Original and the Extraordinary Ordinary. And you also see some like earlier shorts on my YouTube um, link up in there too. So if you want to see the kind of like this, the beginning of Howard Original and the Extraordinary Ordinary, they're be able to find them streaming on YouTube right now. All right. Stream those movies tonight. All right. Yes. I once have a Natalie Rodriguez, people. I love it. <laughs> yeah, we love sound effects here. We like to make them ourselves. If I was on my phone with um, just the audio, I'd have been like, oh, wow, they got some like interesting, like, um, soundboard going off over there. Oh, <laughs> if, if, if you if you need some kind of like gunshots or bombs, Frank yeah. is great. your guy. Frank is your dude. All right. Ambulance, yeah. uh, car alarms, yeah. uh, they do it all. all right. he's, a, he's a one man. The stuff that we hear in New York every other five minutes, you no, know that. Mind. He's a one man soundboard. Frank has down pat. Yeah, I know. <laughs> Natalie, thank you, girl, and congrats. We're proud of you. Thank you. Thank you so much. Thank you very much. Congrats, Natalie. That's awesome. Thank I you. I definitely want to see your movies now. And, um, yeah. I have the YouTube link up. You I know have how, all like... those. No, I have all those streaming uh, capabilities, so I'm definitely going to watch it. Definitely have a glass of wine or uh, your beer drinker or you don't like, you know, you like um, soda, like crack it open, watch Howard Original. Um, yeah. 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 yeah, uh, yeah. It's one of those. We're all, well, I have a, uh, someone from the uh, the project. They're like, no, like open, a, not open a joint. They're like roll up a blunt and hit it. And I'm like, yeah. well, I haven't smoked. So, but that too, we, you know, that's encouraged, you know, if that's something you do, um, medical reasons or, you know, you're <laughs> um, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Natalie, your movie was trippy, man. Yeah. Did you see it? They're like it the... moved everything. <laughs> <laughs> But no, I'm definitely, um, thanks again for having me. Um, you know, it's very cool to connect with people too that are um, other artists themselves or they advocate, you know, for connecting with just like other content creators. I think that's always, I feel like that's always key in the industry because I feel, you know, those are people like who want to watch you and you want to watch them, you know, grow and, you know, expand their company or, hey, start a new company too. I mean, right. There's many yeah. people that are doing like, five, six companies at once. So I'm like, it, you know, those are the people that like, I like being around because, you know, I love seeing them like kill it. And um, yeah, I know. I think it's like you always aspire to be around people that, you know, are just as passionate as you are. And, you know, they're just hustling, they're doing the work. And also I, I want to say too, like advocating to also take time to rest. You know, I'm, I learned a lot from with these two features, like, Hey, it's okay to like, you know, have your downtime and watch Netflix, yeah. you know, all day. Word. <laughs> Netflix and chill. Yeah. A little Netflix. And chill. Thank you, girl. Right. Thank you so much. We're going to keep working here. Thank you, Natalie. Peace out. Thank you. Great talking with you, Natalie. Westside. <laughs> yeah. A little Westside. Right. Bye. Take care. Bye. Bye. Have a good one.